What is up? Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near. The music for today's show is provided by Misha Zarin. So many thanks to Misha. I strongly encourage people to check out their local food bank and see how they can help, as food banks like Ozark's Food Harvest here in my town are helping families overcome food insecurity, which is a problem we need to solve. I also invite you to follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I'm there at The Walk Show or The Walk Show Pod. All the links are in the show notes. This week we are joined by Nate Garrison, host of the Extraordinary Podcast. I was a guest on Nate's show a couple months back, and I was really excited to have him come on The Walk Show. The Extraordinary Podcast focuses on conversations with ordinary people leading extraordinary lives. Nate also has developed his own program called Eight Keys to Great, in which Nate uses his knowledge of building homes to help people build a better life. We had a really great conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it, so let's get over to it. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. Nate Garrison, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing this evening, man? Outstanding, and yourself? I'm well, sir. Thank you. Um, so I actually had the pleasure, the, the opportunity to be on your show um, at the time of this recording a month ago or so. Um, so you are way more professional at this than I am. You have like a questionnaire, <laughs> like you all do, do all this prep. So I got the chance to see what it looks like when a pro does it. And now you'll get the chance to see how it is when an amateur does it. Cause I don't, I, I don't prepare for shit. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> I'm not a uh, podcaster. I just play one on TV, right? Hey, there you go. Me and me too. Um, but yeah, so uh, obviously you are the host of the extraordinary podcast. Um, I love the, I, I, I always want to call it the XO podcast, which I know is not the name. That's the logo, but the logo is so cool. Um well, thank anyway. you. I appreciate that. But yeah, it is. Well, and the worst part about it is when you're ever doing a recording, like I have a logo on my shirt, but when you're, when you're recording backwards, a lot of times it comes out as ox. So it's the <laughs> ox podcast, depending on which way you're looking at it. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Right. Right. Um, but so, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the, about, about the show. So the extraordinary podcast, uh, which is why I'm a little confused as to why I was on it, because the premise is that you have ordinary people that are leading extraordinary lives, which I'm, I'm, I'm pretty white bread as it goes. Um, not but, lately, <laughs> not but, lately, uh, my friend, but yeah, so, but so you've talked to all sorts of different people. Um, so how did you, how did you kind of start, get started with the extraordinary podcast? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll first say that I've been very blessed to know some really amazing people and, um, that, that was really what allowed a lot of it to transpire and uh, mm-hmm. what allowed it to kind of get off the ground was I've just been able to talk to people I already knew um, yep. the, the idea of going into this cold, like a lot of folks do without having a lot of connections, without, without knowing many people who it's tough, man. So, yeah. So uh, basically the, the way that the podcast started was I came up with this personal development concept and program that I've been working on for the last really 18 months, really kind of trying to crystallize this vision called Eight Keys to Great. And it's basically, I come from a construction background. You call me a professional podcaster. I am anything but. I've got a lot of little tricks and tools that, and good people that make me sound good. But I, I'm an idiot when it comes to this stuff. So like <laughs> I said, I've, my background is carpentry. I was a general contractor for years. I was fortunate enough to run my own business in that regard. But, um, but this whole podcasting thing was a new world. So when I had the opportunity to create the eight keys to great platform, I took the idea of how you would remodel your home 
and apply that to how you would then renovate your life or renovate your mm. lifestyle. So it's basically an eight step process of doing a renovation of your lifestyle, you know, what's important and taking a hard look at what's going on. And so as I was doing that for myself and as I was working on that process, I realized I needed to be talking to a lot of the people that were doing that or, or had some kind of aspect of one of those keys that they were using in their day-to-day lives. And so mm. basically that's how it started is I wanted to find different people that were doing something that I could then steal from essentially and apply that to my eight keys to great principles. And, um, that's, yeah, that's kind of how the journey started. Awesome. Um, so you're talking to authors, entrepreneurs, um, all sorts of pe- people from all sorts of different backgrounds. Is that right? Yeah, uh, there's not really one uh, particular person that we go for. I really, my, again, like my goal was to just try to be around the smartest people that I right. could possibly be around. Jim Rowan's got a saying that you know you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So I figure if I can spend my time with really smart people, you know, hopefully some of that will rub off on me. And also right. too, I really wanted to, uh, I needed to challenge and and verify a lot of these principles. I needed to flesh them out. I needed to see, do they really work? Cause just because they were working for me didn't necessarily mean that they were universal. Um, right. I thought that they were, and I, and I still obviously strongly do, but finding these people allowed me to verify or, or to demonstrate that these principles do work. So this is going to be a, a weird, maybe a left field kind of question, but now from your Instagram, do you play guitar as well? Oh, I just dabble. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy many hobbies, okay. guitar being one of them. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. I, well, I was also curious. I didn't know if like, if it, if it was like a play on like musical keys or something like that. I didn't know if there was a tie in from that at all or not. No, no, not particularly. Um, I, okay. I enjoy playing guitar. Unfortunately, I have no ability to sing. So that really <laughs> limits my opportunities with guitar. Um, right. But I, I do enjoy. Um, and what's funny, you, you bring up the guitar playing. Um, I'm a big proponent of always trying to being a learning state of mind, always mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to learn. So growing up, I never had the opportunity to do any real musical instruments. I was kind of more in the artsy vein and doing drawing and some of that stuff. Um, so I never picked up an instrument. I obviously could never sing. Um, so as an adult, um, one, of, one of my kids moved on into middle school. That's the time when they pick up an instrument, generally speaking. Right. And so him going into middle school, I thought, well, it'd be a really cool thing to get him on started on guitar. So I got him this little guitar to get him started with. And I was really excited about him doing it. He played with it for a second. Then he starts middle school and promptly picks up percussion. (laughs) Had to be a drummer, huh? Of course. So the the guitar proceeded to collect dust in the corner for the next several years. And (laughs) as it sat there, I started thinking to myself, well, you know, I always kind of wanted to play guitar. I had a lot of friends that were musicians growing up. So like, why don't I just start piddling with it? And that was one of the first times as an adult that I decided to kind of take on that learning mindset or take on a new challenge of trying to do something outside my comfort zone. And that was probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And that was one of the first times that I, I did that. And it was the, the beginning of what would be a lifelong journey of perpetual learning. Right, right. Yeah, I like what you said there about doing something that made you uncomfortable. That's that's a sentiment that I come across over and over again. I mean, maybe the most common 
you know, uh, version of that is like life begins where your comfort ends kind of thing. Right. Like, um, so I think there's a lot of truth to that, to that. Well, I, <laughs> it makes sense to me. There's a lot of truth to that. I don't know how often I push myself into uncomfortable things truly. Um, I mean, podcasting might seem uncomfortable for some people, but if you know me, I talk nonstop. So this is not, <laughs> this is not uncomfortable for me. Right. Right. Um, well, my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite drawings or memes out there is a the little circle in the corner of the paper. It says your comfort zone. And then way out in the space, it says where the magic happens. That's one of my <laughs> right, favorite. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, it makes a lot of sense. But um, I still think, I mean, even though you are a talker, I think all of us stepping into this podcasting realm for the first time, it is without question stepping outside your comfort zone. I don't care oh, yeah. if you're a comedian, public speaker, whatever. You're, it's still a different ball of wax for sure. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean to be like falsely modest or something. I was definitely nervous uh, when too. I, when yeah. I started, it's been, I mean, I don't really get nervous now when I record, but I, I mean, I remember when I very first started, like I had buddies in the room with me and I needed to like re-record an intro and they were like playing video games or something. They're not even paying attention to me. Right. And even if they were, they're my friends. It's not like they're going to like throw rocks at me and ridicule me if right, I mess right. it up. And dude, I was petrified in the room, like so afraid to, to do it. And I, I mean, I really had to sit there for a few minutes and like work up the courage to do it. And then I recorded it and they didn't even, they didn't even look at me again. They're not even paying attention. So it's, it's all silly, but uh, it's, it, it's real regardless of being silly or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, that's one of the things I think is so beautiful about podcasting is, you know, those first episodes were really nervous. We really wanted to be perfect and they're all going to be really bad. And, I, and that, number one, I think that that's good that they're bad. And number two, it doesn't matter because nobody's listening to those first ones anyway. Like right. you're, you're such a, like we all think that, oh, if people, we, if we put it out there, people are going to listen to it, but you know, getting started, you know, it's just not like that. And so it's okay. Like it's, and it may, it actually made me feel a little bit more comfortable that I could suck because all right, nobody's listening. I can just put these ones out there and start to get good before people start listening. <laughs> that was at least what my thought process was. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I mean, I think, you know, it, it, when we, we met at Podfest in Orlando in March of this year, literally like the weekend before COVID hit America. Well, the or world whatever. shut like, down. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the guy who runs that, and I think we talked about this on, on the episode of your show that I was on, but he, he wrote that book, Start Ugly. And Chris Kremetzos. There you go. Um, but yeah, he's like a great really, dude. He is. He's a very, very generous guy. And, and I love, I, I just love the title of that book. Like I, I love the idea of that because that is the thing that people get so hung up on, whether it be podcasting or whatever it is, it's like, Oh, well, I don't want to embarrass myself or I, you know, it has to be, it has to be just a certain way. And it's like, especially if you don't have any experience, you don't even actually know how you want it to be right. Because you haven't done it yet. So you don't even, you can't even accurately pick. So just do it and yeah, suck. And it's going to change it. and it's going to evolve. And so, yeah, yeah. like, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for what it's worth when he, I got the copy of that book that day and I read it overnight. I read it within 20 oh, wow. minutes. It's not, it's not a big book, but uh, right. yeah, it was, and it was such a theme for that conference as well. I really kind of felt like that was an overarching theme and it's something that's kind of stuck with me ever since. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's something I try and stress to people. I mean, I've had, I've had, you know, not a ton, but I've had various people hit me up that, 
are not my closest friends because obviously those people have known that I'm doing the podcast the whole time, but people who maybe I haven't talked to in a few years that have across social media or whatever have stumbled into the fact that I now have a show and they'll call me and, and want to talk about like, oh, how do you get into it and whatever? And I'm just like, dude, just do it. Like there's the cost of entry is so low. It's nothing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and really, I mean, there there are media hosts that are free. Uh, if you have, it, you would have to have a microphone, but you don't have to have a nice mic. Like that's another thing that gets stressed. I, I love PodFest to be clear, but I almost, there is a part of me that um, feels like it actually creates this environment that, that actually reinforces the opposite of start ugly where it's like, well, you got to have good, good uh, mic quality and you can't say, um, so you got to make sure you edit every, every sentence. Of the, and it's like, no, you don't. None of that yeah. matters, dude. Like, and I know because yeah. I listen to podcasters that have hundreds of millions of downloads, and these dudes say um, and sometimes their mics suck. And guess yeah. what? They're still getting paid. So, <laughs> well, and that's what I tell everybody too. It's like, don't worry about the the technical side. Will work itself out if you right. get if you put enough episodes out there. The technical side will all resolve itself. What I'm more concerned about is what is your 100th episode going to be about. Right. Because so many people have those first, say, five to ten episodes mapped out in their brain. They've got this idea, this concept for a show. You right. know, those first ten episodes are rock solid, man. They've been thinking about those sometimes for years. Right. But what about episode 100? What's right. that going to look like? And right. that's one of the things that's been so transformative for me during this whole journey is having that long-term perspective. Right. See it like – if you look at some of the stats, you know, most podcasts don't stick around for very long. They don't make it to episode 50, 60, 100. And one of the guys on the call today that was such a brilliant point was like, that's when you first start to hit your stride. It's around that. That's when your podcast starts to make its mark. You know, that 18 month mark, right? That, that 50, 60, 100 episodes. That's when you start to, or at least, and what's funny is they've been telling me that, or I just started hearing that and I've just started hitting those marks and right. guess what? Right. Bing. Right. <laughs> I've had the last month has been a completely different game. Comp- awesome. All the numbers. Right. Right. And, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing anything different. I, I right. got maybe a little bit more with my consistency, a little bit better with that, but it's just, it was just the, it's the time. And I don't mean to, you know, knock on wood. No. I don't want to curse anything. I hope it, I hope it continues to do what it's doing because it's very exciting right now, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, that's another thing that I think is, um, is, is underrated a lot is, is how valuable the consistency is. And, and I mean, I've no, I've had that happen in, in my own experience where, when I first started, I mean, as I was just saying, anyone can start a podcast and, and most people, even if, even if they don't think they could, they understand that it's not like you have to sign a deal with NBC, right? Like you're not getting signed to a label or something to start a podcast. So when I started it, you know, some of the people in my life, I don't think really took it that seriously and not because they're mean people or something, but they were just like, yeah, whatever. Like it's, you know, whatever. Well, a lot but of then when know. I, they just don't right. know. But then I get to episode 60, 70, I mean, I'm over 80 now. And, and they're like, oh, like, this is like, this is actually a thing. You know what I mean? And and then they take it more seriously just because I've taken it more seriously. 
Well, um, one of the most rewarding things to me is when you've got a friend that knew about your podcast all along because they were an associate, somebody that followed you on social media or whatever, but just never took the time to listen or just, you know, because we all, you know, we're so bombarded with something, even just if you took just podcasts and if I took just the podcast of my friends, I mean, there's no way I could keep up with them all. So like, right. you know, so there's, I, I understand that just because they know I have a podcast doesn't mean they're necessarily listening to my podcast, but it's right. so cool when six months down the line, they've known all this time man, I just listened to one of your episodes and whoa, dude, that was so good. Like, and it was like this whole where, you know, I've been missing out for the past six months. And th that to me, I love those little moments. That, that's right. very rewarding. But I think it's, you know, I think it's, um, I think it's a, not to try and get philosophical or something, but I think it's, it's a point that's true in, in life, which is that like, it, like, for example, like I just said, other people take it seriously because now they understand that I'm taking it seriously. And I, and that's just true. So in so many areas where it's like, well, I want so-and-so to respect me or I want, so, and it's like, well, how much do you respect yourself? You know what I mean? Like you want so-and-so to be honest with you. Well, how honest with you are yourself, you know, not just with them even, but just with you. Um, this is perfect timing. I'm the, the key that I'm recording for my next episode is, um, the, um, the, uh, rough framing. Okay. It's the key number four, and that's where you start ugly. And so I, I referenced Chris's book. That's why I had it all fresh on my mind. Um, but another book that goes so well to your point is called um, So Good They Can't Ignore You by mm. Cal Newport. And it's based on a quote by Steve Martin, which is be so good they can't ignore you. And like what you're talking about, the podcast, you say taking it seriously. Well, right. what I, I, I like to look at is you become an expert and you get you become perceived as an expert in your field. When you're there every single week, when you are consistent, when you have 100 episodes, okay, now you're a podcaster. When people right. go, who do you know that's a podcaster? Well, Walker Nears, mine's going to uh, Walker Near's name is going to come to the top of the list because he's got a hundred episodes because every single other day I'm seeing a podcast post on his social media. I'm seeing some kind. Of, so now if I know that I want to be on a podcast, well, I'm going to go talk to Walker because Walker's got a podcast, you know, because right. now you become known as an expert in that field. And when you become known for that, then opportunities present themselves. Would you be ready to talk about what those eight keys are at a high level? Sure. Kind of walk us oh, through. Absolutely. What that looks I mean, like. yeah. I don't want to be completely boring and I, I can kind of just give you the overview if you like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of like the 10,000 foot view. So it's basically very simple and it's a pretty straightforward process. Uh, the first key is envision your dream. And what it is essentially is writing down the top 40 things that you want in the next 10 years. Mm. The house, the car, the vacations, the money, the you know the the savings account, the Roth IRAs, the whatever, like literally to a T, descriptive, writing them all out, and and really what it is is it's taking an opportunity to reflect about what it is that you actually want, mm -hmm. and then and then assigning why it is that you want these things. So like understanding like where do you want to go? Do you want to be you know retired in Vail, Colorado, or do you want to be living in the beach in Jacksonville, or you know what is it? What does the ideal everyday look like for you 10 years down the road? So that's the first step. You envision the dream. And then from that dream, then you then assign uh, you know, anywhere from one to 10 years of value for how long it would take you to get 
some of those things. The mansion on the hill is going to take 10 years, but you know, the, the mountain bike that you've been having your eye on, maybe that only takes a year or, you know, the new car is only five years or whatever. There's all these different. So you become with a rank and file to some of your things that you want. Now from those things, now you've got to design a blueprint. That's the second key. Mm. So you design a blueprint, just like for a house, you've got all these different reliefs. You've got a, a page for the plumbing, the electrical, the framing, the, you know, the reliefs from the outside. Well, each one of those pages represents something along your, for your journey, like setting goals and uh, doing a budget and uh, identifying all these different aspects. And I could spend an hour just on that one, but essentially you create this plan a plan of attack to then go for it. And then once you have the plan, okay, now the next step is your demolition. When you're remodeling a house, before you get started, you got to tear out the old rotted wood. You got to remove the the framing that's, that's been rotted, the leaky pipes, all that kind of stuff. So in our lifestyle, that's demoing the bad habits, removing the negative things out of our lifestyle and replacing those with positive habits, establishing some routines, a foundation to get started. Once you've done that, then you move on to the step which comes out next week, which is uh, the rough framing. Now you're beginning to start ugly. You're just you. Everything goes pretty quick. You know the the structure will go up pretty fast because nothing has to be perfect. You know none of your angles have to be perfectly cut. You're just getting a rough structure put together. You're laying out the pipes. You know you're laying out the electrical lines and getting everything uh, started. Then after you get that going, now you've got to evaluate. You're going to take a step back. You're going through the initial inspections. When you Before you can close up all the walls in your home, the inspector comes in and takes a look at your work. That's exactly what you're going to do. You're going to take a look at your work up to this point. Are you on the right track? Are things going the way that you think that they should? Do you need to course correct? Do you need to adjust? Um, so that's the initial inspections. And the, from that, now you go to the finish work. This is the detail stuff. This is where you create the processes in your business, in your life, in your um, in your personal life, um, where you're uh, where you're able to keep the. Uh, re- I can't speak. Right. You're able to re not recycle re. Uh, why cannot speak? Like purpose, maybe? No, just you're able to do the same thing over and over again. You're able to create oh. a system. To then follow. Like once you learn how to uh, like get good at your business, you're going to want to follow that same system because ultimately you're going to want to share that system with someone else. So the finish work is creating systems and plans to all that fine detail, all that uh, that work that takes a lot of time but doesn't necessarily show a lot in the um, when you're all said and done. And then from there, now you've got the final inspection. This is where you get your certificate of occupancy. This is where you say, okay, here now this is my finished product of my life you kind of start to reap some of the benefits of all that hard work this is like your finish line like when you one of the things i talk about is running a marathon well this is when you get to the finish line you get the finisher medal you know this is the the house now that people want to come in and take up all the pictures of your pretty fancy new house that you have and from there now you want to leave a legacy that's the last step as they're coming in to see all this work that you've done now they're going to ask you how did you get this beautiful house how did you get there? How did you create this business? Well, all the processes that you did in the finished work, now you're then mentoring and uh, uh, paying it forward, if you will, sharing that legacy with others. So now they can go build their house and create their legacy and do their thing. So that wow. it kind of in a grandiose nutshell is my butchered up way of <laughs> going through no. the eight keys to great. 
I really appreciate you going through that, man. Especially because just to be clear for the listeners, we did. I, I wasn't kidding at the beginning of the show. We did literally zero prep. I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you about that. Nothing. So uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate you just on the fly going through that. If you'd like to learn more about the eight keys in detail and 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 quite frankly, go through the process. It's all free. It's at www.8keystogreat.com or .net, either one. And that's the number eight keys, the number two great.com or .net. And like I said, you can access it. Yeah, you. The only thing, the only thing it costs you is your email. Okay, cool. Well, I, I'll, I'll make sure and have a, a link to it in the show notes. As and well you can also the- access my podcast in there as well. Right, right. Cool, cool. And other cool um, stuff, too. I got lots of neat things on that site. You should check it out. <laughs> Blog yeah. posts, all kind of neat. Well, and I've seen you I've seen you on Instagram. I, I follow you there, and I've seen you post before, like, hey, you know, Eight Keys to Great is, is the life remodel, as you've kind of positioned it. But then you, you can help with if someone, and, you know, probably more local, but if someone is looking to have a house remodel or something like that, like you... You can consult on all sorts of things, right? Like, so. yeah, I just started. So, yeah, my background is construction. I mean, like I said, I'm a carpenter at heart, and I ran my own general contracting design build firm for a number of years, and I worked for some other people in the same uh, in that same arena. Um, and so, one of the things that I've been doing through this is um, helping. I've been trying to do a lot of volunteer work. I've got some elderly people that I try to serve on a regular basis of doing some of this, but I've also had a lot of folks approach me about, you know, wanting to do full blown remodels and I'm not trying to get back into that world. But what I am trying to do is consult and help people get right. through their own projects and give them the guidance that they need. And, you know, I can step in and do some of the hard stuff, but it's a new concept we've just been kind of fleshing out. And um, unfortunately, people <laughs> just want me to come do their work for them <laughs> more so than, than, <laughs> than, 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 than the consulting. But I actually have, um, a few people that are, are going the consulting route as well. So we're helping not just with lifestyle, but with actual remodel stuff too. You know, to talk a little bit about the, those different, because I, I, and this will sound like I'm flattering you because you're my guest, but th- th- I really do think that that's a great, um, a great system that you've laid out. Those, those eight keys all make a ton of sense. And I love, um, I love the language that you chose in describing a lot of those things. So I, I like that the first two steps involve a lot of writing, right? Um, I think that that's something that people, you know, what, man, I'm going to segue here for a second. So a thing that I have been so focused on here lately is um, is really the easiest way to say it is just personal responsibility, right? Um, and the example I always use, which again, this is not my thing. I think this is like a Taoist thing or something, Buddhism or whatever. But 
and I've talked about it over and over, so sorry, audience. Um, but it's this this thing where when you point at something, right, like the one finger goes out and the three fingers come back, right, which then implies personal responsibility, like it's it, it's you. Even if something else is to blame, you're still responsible to, to figure it out because no one else will save you, you know, as, as much as we want to save each other, like... It, it it just doesn't go that way. So, um, so in my own experience, you know, I used to think that, that like, like affirmations, I was like, oh, that's corny, man. Like I'm going to, I'm going to spend time walking around my house saying stuff to myself to try and build myself up or, um, or, or meditation. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And, and, or writing like, oh, I'm not going to spend time writing all this stuff out. It's all in my head anyway. Why would I need to write it out? Well, it turns out I was an idiot. Because it turns out all of those things are super valuable. And while it might seem tedious, you know, on the surface of it, like, man, it's not. And 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 not just in terms of personal development, but there's a book called Feeling Good um, that's that's considered to be the like the, the grandfather book on cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which is a, a thing really heavily used in psychology. And um, almost every technique in that book to deal with depression, anxiety, all that stuff. They're all writing techniques, all of them. It like, I mean, I've always understood that it would be important to be literate, like to not be able to read or write would be crazy, but I always thought of it just as like how you would interact with the world. But now it's like, man, I don't know if you could pull yourself out of a spot if you couldn't write because the writing is so important. And it, again, it, it might sound like I'm, I'm an idiot or like I'm talking crazy. No, stuff. It's, uh, there's a method to the madness, right? There is, dude. It it matters. Um, and it's uh, like for me, the, the way I've always thought of it is like in my head, it's really easy for me to get stuff um, in a loop, right? Where it just it's just like a circle. But when you write, like I'm not going to write the same sentence a hundred times in a row, but I'll definitely think the same thought a hundred times in a row. But when you write it almost like not forces, but it, it kind of enables your mind to be like, okay, I said that. So what would I say next? Right. And it, and and that goes into free writing and journaling and all this stuff, which isn't exactly what you were talking about, but my point, just no, but being, it all matters though. That's all, it's all relevant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, what I started to say earlier, I, I, I got lost in my own tangent. Um, what I started to say earlier is something else that I've noticed recently that I, I do, and I think it's true of culture, but certainly I will take responsibility. Um, whenever we talk about, whenever I, see there, I just did it again. I said we, like, whenever I talk about things that I think are true for me, but also for other people, I don't use the language of I and my and me. I use the language of you or they or we. Even if I'm talking about myself, and I don't think that's unique to me. I, I mean, I hear and see people doing it all the time. But it's like, wow, like ling like from a from a fundamental like linguistic level, it is built into our language, at least in the United States in the 20th century, what you know, 21st century, 2020, whatever. Um, the language doesn't enable you to take responsibility. When people talk about something that's true for them, they say they and you. And it's and it it doesn't even sound weird to people, right? Like, <laughs> well, so I've been you, trying to rail it in, but anyway. Yeah, one thing that that I tried to because in this space, you know, we're we're kind of perceived as like giving advice or 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 at least 
sharing best practices and stuff. And that's certainly what I'm doing. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're essentially sharing advice. And one of the things that I try to be so cognizant of with my guests is I tell them that nobody wants to hear you tell them what you think they should be doing. Like one of these kind of things. Well, if you do this and if you do that, then your life will be this way and you'll have all these things that you need and this, this, that. Nobody wants to hear that crap ever. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how rich you are, how many books you've written, how much money you have. Nobody wants to hear that. So what I always try to do with myself, and I try to relay this to my guests as well, is share about how it's affecting you. Share about a story that... This is it can be positive or negative, either one. And quite frankly, the, the negative ones are the fun ones. That's what people remember and they resonate with is the time that you failed. And so I like I try to get that out of especially successful people, people that have that you hold on this pedestal when you can show their their chinks in their armor. You know, it's like but any regardless, if it's, it's sharing that experience, here's something that I did and here's how it affected me. And, and it may be good, better, otherwise, but at least it's honest and it's real and it's and the person can take what they want from it, you know? Right, right. It's it's just it's it's to me, it's just wild how because it's not just when talking about something that's, you know, significant. If I was going to tell you about a common experience at the grocery store, I would say, you know how when you go to the grocery store, not when, when I, I was the at grocery the grocery store. store. Yeah, <laughs> when really that's what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what I mean. It's it's so casual and just baked into the way we talk and i've been trying to, to catch myself on it and i'm not well, good at and it you're yet, doing that because of the writing that you're doing because i've noticed it as well with my speech like one of the people that i just adore who's in this same space is jordan peterson and oh, what nice. i love the most about jordan peterson he is so precise and exact in his words yeah and he just he's so eloquent and and so as i've been writing or, and then I'll, cause I'll write out stuff for the podcast. So I'm doing my little solo episodes. And when I'm trying to do these eight keys, I'm, I'm writing stuff out and I'm, I'm ad libbing a little bit, but a lot of it's, you know, you're just reading it and going through that back and forth of what it sounds like to read it versus what it looks like to be written all plays a role. But more importantly, when you're writing it, it, you realize how much garbage is in the, the talk, how much just superfluous language and words that we throw in there that don't mean anything and and as i'm rewriting something i've already said and now i'm writing it very precise i'm like man i should have said it like that if you if i could have spoken that precisely and that eloquently and that exact in my definitions and my intentions then it just it just comes off as more intelligent at the end of the day you know well it's it's also it's just it's more accurate Right. Because it it, it leaves less to be interpreted because the more accurate the language is, the more precise it is, the more specific the meaning is. So, yeah, the um, more meaningful, the more information you're getting at this. So, so again, I have taken your advice. Um, I when I when I talked with you for your show a month or so ago. um, You suggested that I should check out the Jordan Peterson book because I'm a huge Jordan Peterson fan from the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. uh, Where I've seen him. Um, and I've watched a few other conversations he's had online, but, um, but anyway, so I actually just, just this week have started the, uh, the 12 rules to live by, uh, his yeah, most recent 12 rules book. for life. Yes. Yeah. That's Beautiful. it. I, I keep calling it 12 rules to live by, but you're right. It is 12 rules for life. Um, I even wrote it in my journal, the wrong, the wrong title anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's an excellent, it's a, it, I mean, I'm not through it yet, but so far it's great. And I, I'm doing the audio book, which he narrates himself. Oh, 
which is 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 really cool because he is so passionate about what he does that through his narration you get like the appropriate emphasis on the appropriate words you know whereas definitely and i'm sorry no, I didn't mean to no, no, that, no go that, that's that's brilliant because that book is not an easy read right it's not like the first time i picked it up i had to put it down and walk away and come back about a month later i because I, I, I had you. consumed so much of his content online like you said like yeah with the youtube and joe rogan and all that but i mean and if you think that's a tough read maps for meaning his first book <laughs> yeah. i haven't made it all the way through it yet right I'll yeah i was thinking you. i was thinking about trying that after i get through this but i had the similar thought where i was like that's probably even thicker than this one is yeah it's, um, it's not an easy read but man the content oh it's so true and so valuable yeah it's jordan peterson's an, an interesting i mean and just by the way welcome to the walk show we're just going all over the place there's no coherence <laughs> to this conversation um you should have given me an assignment like you did your potted guy man i was really digging on how y'all did the book thing that was kind of cool well i actually I almost, track. I almost hit you up and was going to be like hey let's wait a couple of weeks so I can get through this book. And then we can talk about the 12 rules for life book because nice. you, you were a fan. So we can still do that. If, if you hey, were yeah, into- I'm always, an, hey, I'll talk about that kind of stuff anytime. But Jordan cool. Peterson, I could talk about for days. So yeah. Yeah. Well, well so what I was going to say is like, it's so interesting to me how he is characterized. And I don't, I don't want to say by the media, cause that's such a broad term and I don't really know what it means, but by certain sections of the media, he is certainly portrayed as this like, misogynistic i've even seen racist before like all these terrible things that i in no way align with and neither does he like he is not any of those things like that dude is talking about again really from what i've gathered personal responsibility seems to be the theme of it i mean there's certainly more nuance to it but that's the the foundation of the, yeah i mean at the end of the day that's the basic principle well yeah. and it just goes to show you that I mean, how he is so misconstrued, it just shows you how so many of these values are under attack and, and the kind of the, where we're at now. It's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but I I mean, I've I'd watched, you know, hours and hours of Jordan Peterson talking. And I mean, maybe you could pull a soundbite out of context and maybe it sounds a certain way. But I've actually just watched the three hours of unedited content and he doesn't say anything messed up he's not he doesn't hate on people he doesn't characterize or label people like well he he discredits a lot of common misconceptions that we've all kind of just taken for granted as being true and so when you hear somebody debunk a belief that you've assumed your whole life to be true it's naturally it's natural to assume that you're going to want to question or or attack or or discredit somebody that's doing that because he's he's doing quite a bit of that you know yeah well i think one thing that he does that's really great is is how much he he points to like frankly just the the kind of the cruel nature of the of the natural world like i mean i know you love that i just love it well and like i I know you're a nature guy like i know you like to be outdoors and and run and and that sort of stuff and i'm I'm not a runner but as as the name says i'm i'm a walker um (laughs) And, and, and not a really thing easy. wrong with that. <laughs> it's easy to get, you know, to think of nature as just this like beautiful, tranquil, serene, especially if you live in a city or something and you can get away and like be by a river. Right. And it's just like, wow, this is so wonderful. And it's like, and it is. And all those things are true. Simultaneously, 
that shit will kill you, right? Like, <laughs> like it's vicious, yeah. And usually, the more couch. beautiful it is, the more dangerous it is most times, <laughs> right. more often than not. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like sharks are really cool looking. Not trying to hang out with sharks, <laughs> um, but anyway. But but so I, I think that's the thing that's so shocking for for people maybe is is just how blunt he is about like none of this is none of this was made for you. You know what I mean? Like you have to fight for what you have. Here. Well, I, I I think he just lets you know, like the you know one of those simple things that you know your dad probably told you when you were younger is life ain't fair, right? You know, it's it's you know yeah you're gonna get kicked around and you're gonna get beat up and you know kicked to the curb and you're just gonna have to dust yourself off, pick yourself up, and you know and and go after it. And right, right. That, yeah. at the end of the, I mean, that's like the very basic, basic of it, but there's just so much more to yeah. it than that. Um, well, so, so to, to circle back now to, to the eight keys, you know, the, the next one after the, the, the kind of the first two steps are, are kind of planning and then the blueprint and it's a, a lot of writing, which again, I think is, is, is excellent. Then the next step you talk about is, is demo, but I really want to emphasize the, the language that you used, which is you take out your bad habits and replace them with good habits. And the reason that I emphasize that word habits is because what you didn't say is you take your bad character traits or you take your personality flaws or you take, because those things are bullshit, right? Like uh, th that is the, the prison that I have freed myself from in the last year is I used to, um, I used to think that like if, if I did something that was out of alignment with my stated goals, I would then be mean to myself, you know, to put it simply, I would tell myself, oh, well, you're not a disciplined person or you're not a committed person or you're not a whatever, right? And I thought it was all these character traits. Well, then what happens is then the mind goes to, well, how do I solve that? Well, you can't because it's not true because it wasn't character traits and flaws. It was habits. It was a bunch of, of habits that needed to be changed and habits are independent of character. Um, I don't mean to sound preachy or something, but my point is just Again, and and here I want to go applying it to everyone, but man, for me, like that was that was such an important thing, and I think it's super important for people to to hear that that it's it's habits, it's not it's not you that's broken, it's just habits yeah. that are broken, right? Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to realize that you know you've come a long way, and you're very good at what. Like I, I've come very far, I've accomplished a lot. God. But I'm not the person that I should be. I'm right. not as good as I'm capable of being. Because right. if I have learned all that I need to learn, if I've accomplished all that I need to accomplish, if I've if I'm as good as I'm gonna get, then what's the point? Right. There's you're you're you haven't fulfilled all that you're capable of doing because you're perpetually learning. Because the next day you're gonna be able to do more. And so I think that again, that perpetual learning, that perpetual state of growth i think is is it goes back to that mindset going having yeah. that that learning mindset makes all that okay right well and the, the learning mindset is a great way to put it because the learning mindset also deals with with failure right because when you're learning failure is just part of the process that wasn't yeah it just wasn't the answer now you just learn the new answer right whereas when when it's not looked at that way now what is truly just a stumble is now a stopping point and, right. and it doesn't have to be. Um, yeah. One of the, one of the notes I took from Jordan Peterson, the second chapter in his book, he says, it is not virtuous to be victimized by a bully, even if that bully is yourself. And I was just like, man, 
that it it's crazy how much that resonates again for me personally. Yeah, no, uh, right. I mean, for it's, real. because that's what I was doing. That I mean, what I was describing, you know, is the thing that I've freed myself from. That was what I was doing. I was victimizing myself, and I thought. I mean, I would have wouldn't have used the word virtuous, but I thought I was being responsible or accountable or honest by telling myself these negative things about myself that in the end didn't didn't solve the problem and just made me feel bad. You know what and I mean? And weren't necessarily even true. Certainly weren't true. I mean, I'm I am now certain weren't true because they were independent of of me, Walker. They were just Walker's habits. Um, and I think that that's something that's not in my own life, it was something that I had not come across often enough. Instead, there's all this talk about grit and tenacity and bootstraps and willpower. And is there something to that? Like, sure. But it's also just a lot more about what you're talking about, which is mindset and about how you think about things and how you perceive things. And, and if your beliefs are aligned correctly, then your thoughts and your actions follow that correctly. It has nothing to do with you being, you know, lazy or weak or any of those words, you know? And I think one of the key principles to making it all work and to making all that happen is starting super, super small. Yep. And, and really taking one little small step on whatever it is, like pick your topic of whatever it is you're going after. But when you can make it small, easy, measurable and repeatable, then you, then you can start to see some real change over time. But like right. everybody, there's another great quote that I came up with was like, we overestimate what we can accomplish in a moment, but we way underestimate what we can accomplish by, with a system over time. So it's funny. So it's a guy that you and I have both have on our show. Um, I cannot pronounce his, really, I can't pronounce his first name. I certainly can't pronounce his last name, but Raj is Raj, yeah. Him. Uh, from Mumbai, I butchered his name too. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I was. I was Arapapuza. So <laughs> I can't do his last That's or his not... first name, but it's Raj Arapapuza. But there's a different sound in there that we. It's, it's not native yeah. to our language and not native to redneck. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, I'm from Missouri, so I'm in there with you. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. That's why neither one of us can say it. We're both rednecks. Um, but but anyway, I mean that was something on on my show. I mean he's a he has a podcast running in fitness with Raj that everyone should go check out. He's a great yeah, guy. Amazing. dude. Um, but outside of, of distance running, he also is a career financial advisor for lack of a better phrase. Um, and that's something he talked about on, on the show is like people greatly miss under or not miss, but underestimate the, the value of, of compounding investment over, right over a long time. And that's exactly the point you're making that's not about money, but just about life, right? Like <laughs> for what it's worth, I applied it to both of those in, in his episode. Yeah. Nice. I totally, I totally took that uh, yeah, dude. little analogy and ran with it for sure. No yeah, pun intended. No. It's <laughs> nice. We're all over the place, man. Yeah, we're good. This is the great content. Um, no, it is, man. This is good. And well, but I just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's the thing that I am the most fascinated by with talking to all these different people and yourself included, you know, here in your eight keys is like, it's just interesting how um, you see the same, a, a word that I was given for this instead of truth is principles, but these same principles that just appear over and over and over again, right? Um, yeah. And some, oh, None ahead. of us have come up with anything new in this genre. 
no one's reinventing the wheel. All we're doing is we're taking proven principles and repackaging them, repackaging them in our own little spiel and hoping that someone will relate to our version of that. And I think that's what's yes. so valuable is having yes. you know, all these different versions of the same thing. Because what somebody relates to a construction guy, me, is not going to relate to you know somebody like Tiffany Farrick doing something completely different. But there's other people that will resonate with her. And, and, and the, all the values are the same. How you get them, who cares as long as you're getting Right, right. No, I, I, I came to a similar conclusion, I don't know, sometime in the last couple of years where I used to think that all the personal development or, or self-help stuff or whatever was all snake oil because it's all just the same repackaged stuff. And it's like I, I came to understand after I actually got into it that it's like, no, it, it's the exactly what you just said. It's that it has to be said in this variety of ways because clearly we're not all on board, right? We're not all healthy. So, we still clearly need it, right? Right. <laughs> There's a demand still. So it's not resonating with everyone in the form that it currently exists. So it is valuable to have people package it in their own way because exactly what you just said, because it resonates with different people. And so more people get helped, um, which I think is, is great. Well, and I uh, think one aspect of this that's so important that I think that you missed out on for the longest time, and I've seen it with several of my friends that are starting to slowly um, figure some things out, but it's like those little things matter. The yeah. little things matter. You know, Jordan Peterson talks about like making your bed. You know, that's right. another one. It's like doing those little things each and every day have a cumulative effect. You know, right. the little small steps, again, like those little it doesn't seem like much at the time. And when you're doing it, you're like, oh, this is like, just like just writing it out. Well, it's in my mind. I know it. I don't need to write it out. I can just, I can just do it off the cuff. No problem. But if you do take that little extra five minutes and write it out, if you do take that time to make your bed, take that time to do one of those little habits in the morning to preset your day, cumulatively, they make a huge difference over time. I know recently on your show, you've had um, some kind of, I, I mean, really it's guided meditation kind of episodes, right? Um, Just one so far. My first okay. one. Yeah. Okay. Out. Okay. I, I didn't realize it was my bad. So, but yeah, well, either way. Uh, well, so I was just going to say, so 
how, how like a kind of what led you to that and 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 maybe how is meditation a part of your routine like how do you incorporate that i love the question so um the very end of my first season before i started presenting these eight keys i came up with this concept and it's a concept i've had for a long time and it's my three habits in 30 minutes Mm. And what that is, that's an earlier episode you can go back to. And it's actually has now become my most popular episode. Um, but basically what is it? It's a morning routine. It's how to start your day with these three habits. And they're real simple. I wouldn't go over them real quick. It's sweat, pray, read. Yep. And there's a, that sounds, it's a lot different than it sounds. So the sweating is what it is. You just break a sweat every morning before you get your day. And there's a way that's, that you can do that. There's um, there's a seven minute little routine on Johnson and Johnson has a free app that you can do. That's just, you don't need any routines. There are no weights or equipment. You can do it in a hotel room, but sweat every day. And for me, that's six days a week on, on Sundays. I typically take that day off, but then the next one is read. And I say read, I mean, read something that's spiritual or like one of the things I like to read. It's just a real quick one is, um, uh, 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 don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. And there's a series of those books, but it's just a quick little something that kind of jumpstart your day. And then I also read some kind of personal development or a biography or something that's going to help, help me with what it is I'm working on at the time, whether it be writing a book or, you know, working on a website or whatever. So reading those are, so that's the second one. And then the last one is pray, but the pray is not necessarily pray. You don't have to be religious to take advantage of it. if you are religious like i am there's a and you have your own prayer but what it is not is repeating a prayer like you would say like if you're catholic or something what right. it is is it's a three minutes of gratitude taking some time three three to five minutes to go through and literally think about all the different things you have to be grateful for and that starts off very easily you know hey my mom my dad my family my roof over my head the house the food i get to eat but when you get to minute four minute five you start to go deep with that mm-hmm. and you start to really figure out what you really truly are thankful for. And that again, kind of sets your tone. And then the other aspect to that thankfulness is a meditation. And mm. that's my, what I call my, my morning me time. And it's not really meditation in that it's just because there's so many kind of bad connotations with that. You know, people think meditation, Oh, it's corny, hokey, whatever. And certainly the one that I put out there does have some, meditative principles to it but really it's just taking a few minutes for yourself and to reflect on the things that you have for the day and reflect what you want to get accomplished um you know i, I a lot of people have the to-do list i'm a terrible about writing out to-do lists i do it all the time and i'm checking my boxes you know i feel like i'm getting somewhere but really if we can think of one or two things that are our main objectives that we want to get accomplished that day just one or two what's the one thing that really would help get me down the line, help get me to where it is I need to be. And if I, and and that's what I use that meditative time for. What is that one thing and how can I accomplish it as quickly as possible so that I can, then if I've accomplished that one thing, then everything else is a wash. If the day goes sideways, if I get pulled in 15 different directions, it doesn't matter because I was able to get that one thing accomplished. And so that's my three habits in 30 minutes. And so I had that out for, again, since day one, but I'd always committed to doing the meditation to go with that or the my morning me time to go with that and so i finally when i ran out of interviews <laughs> took the opportunity to make it happen so yeah man i think it's great um and i think uh, so i i mean i do a, a similar routine i i add to it i also do some affirmations on a daily basis and then some journaling um 
And what is oh, and visualizations is the other one. And for what um, it's worth, that's kind of the jumping off point for in the eight keys. We go into much more detail with the affirm because I think affirmations are beautiful, and I think there's a lot of value in some of that positive self talk. And so we go through that. We go through a lot of other aspects too. We go into much more in depth in um, the health and wellness aspects as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's awesome. Um, I, all of those things are are things that you know. If someone's stressed out or or, or 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 anxious, and I don't mean just necessarily in a particular moment, but maybe over a, a longer period of time, you know, if you meditate once for five minutes, or if you if you do affirmations once for five minutes, or break a sweat one time for five minutes, like your problems are not now solved, right? Like it, these things are are tools that that help. Just like what we were talking about earlier, they're like over a longer period of time. Like it's, it's by doing these things on a regular basis that you start to see the benefits of this maintenance. But also, you know, something that I actually just in the last couple of months actually kind of ran up against was I had become so um, obsessed, maybe for lack of a better word, with those, with the routine that the routine had started to transform into the goal itself, as opposed to a tool to help me accomplish goals. Um and so I kind of had to, to reset a little bit, you know, and kind of take a step back and, and recognize that, like, if I do the routine for a day and I don't do anything else, I don't do, I don't know how productive in some other way. Right. It's not really a great day still. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the routine's awesome. But like you were saying, like, you know, you're, you're kind of finishing it with, okay, what's that one thing I can do that's outside of the, the self-care routine, right? Um yeah. And I'll say like, that's why that first step in the process is so important. It's like identifying what it is that you want, where it is that you want to go. Cause right. none of this stuff matters without clarity of purpose. If right. you're not, if you don't have a mission, if you don't have something that you're going after or that you want to achieve, then none of this matters. You know, it's all just, right. it's all just there, you know, like it's a, it's an important, I mean, you have to, that, that first step is the most important one. It's knowing where you want to go. Yeah, well, and and the reason I wanted to make that point is just because I think also people will will hear these kinds of practices and think like, oh, well, um, you know, that that's not going to solve my problem. And it's like, yeah, you're right, and that's not what <laughs> that's not that's not the point of it. The point yeah. of it is that it helps you be in a better state to solve problems, right? Yeah. No one's advocating that this is the solution. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you like this too: like at the end of the day, what I'm preaching is lifestyle. Right. I'm not, pre I'm not trying to, I mean, I could tell you how to be successful and I can show you how to make a lot of money, but what I'm selling is lifestyle. So like, if you're not, if you don't want to get up and go run every day, then this isn't the lifestyle for you. Like, you know, there's, there's aspects of this. The, the whole point of all this is that it's something that you this is how you live your life day in and day out. This is just becomes a part of who you are. Like my morning routine, my morning exercise is just, it's a part of who I am. Right. You know, it, it defines me. You know, like if I, if I haven't been able to go to get some exercise in the morning, then my day's not right now. I, I, I just, I, my, my mental state will just not be there. Like I just won't be as acutely tuned in. I just won't be as, as good at what I would normally be doing without it. Right. Right. Yeah. So all of this, so like at the end of the day, like figuring out what you want is also figuring out what is your lifestyle like, you know, like everybody has idea. Well, I want to sit on the 
beach and drink pina coladas. Well, if you sit on the drink and, pina, and drink pina coladas for 10 years, you're going to be a fat drunk with a suntan, <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay, well, if you, if your goal is to be a fat drunk with a suntan, Jimmy Buffett style, then, Hey, you know, right. have at it. I, right. I mean, there's, there's no, like, don't go train for a marathon if that's not who you want to be, you know, like right. there's no sense in, putting in all that work to make yourself miserable. I mean, now I will say there's some, there's some, there's something to doing hard things and getting uncomfortable, but you know, it's all at the end of the day, it's like, how can you craft a lifestyle that is the best possible life that you can have for yourself? Right. I just have to believe this is how you go about it. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, I think it's also important to understand for people. And again, I say this because it was important for myself is that, I think when, when, when we, when, when conversations about goals and dreams and things come up, it, there's almost this like feeling of like, well, it better be pretty grand, you know, like you better have a big thing that you're kind of shooting for. And that's great. And that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you've never really tried to set goals again, here I am using, I had never really tried to set large goals. Right. So trying to think of this grand thing, was intimidating. And then if I couldn't come up with something that I really believed in, then it's embarrassing. And it's like, it, it also, you don't, like you said, you can start infinitesimally small. So what you want could be, doesn't have to be a 30 year plan for your life. Like that will come as you start to build, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't all have to start at the end. <laughs> well, that's why it can start fun. That's why I say, start with the yeah. things that you want. Like what are the, what's the stuff? that right. you want to have do you do you want a wakeboard boat do you want to have you know have a house at the beach and a house in the mountains like what is the stuff what's the fun things that you want to have what's the material right. yeah because that's fun for people especially at first when you first start going down this process it's like at the end of the day why do you want to be rich why do you want to right. be successful because you want to buy cool stuff right okay right. so what are the what are the cool things that you want to buy figure out what all that stuff is and then like that helps define what that lifestyle is. Okay. Well, if I want a wakeboard boat, clearly I want to be out on the lake a lot. You know, right. clearly that's going to define some of the thing, the, the path that I take is going to be creating a life on the lake, you know, or, or whatever, if I like to off-road or, you know, whatever it is that turns you on, write that out. And then we can figure out how to get there. So, and this is, it's wild that you gave the, the, the explanation of the one thing that you did have, are you familiar with the book, The One Thing? I've heard of it. I haven't read it personally. Okay. Well, just so you know, you're 100% onto something here. Yet again, <laughs> this consensus thing, because the one thing, which Still is- Still somebody else's idea and make a million bucks. <laughs> no, no, I, that's not it. The point being, though, that again, it's it's what I was saying earlier. It's these principles, right? Like, right, right. It's a, it's, a, it's a principle. And I mean, this guy wrote a book called the one thing. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a whole book, of course, but the, the premise of that is the fundamental question of the book is what is the one thing I can do today such that everything else is either easier or unnecessary, which you didn't use those exact words, of course, but that's pretty much exactly what you said you're doing at the end of the meditation. So that's just fat. I mean, I just completed that book a week or so ago. Um, So it's just fascinating to hear. I love (laughs) it. Anytime it's, you, that sounds like I'm on the right track, I'll take that as kudos, man. Thank that's what you. I'm telling you, dude. That's what, that's why that's why I bring it up. Not yeah, not not because you're stealing something at all. <laughs> um, just because, yeah, man, you're 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 on the right track. And that dude's 
that dude's made it. So, um, <laughs> well, and I, I have to tell you, um, one of the cool things for me experiencing your podcast is your journey through all of this. And I've been, it's been such a draw to me to, because I've, I was blessed with uh, parents that taught me a lot of these principles early on. And mm. I feel like I've kind of been indoctrinated to a certain extent, you know, over sure. the years and decades and whatnot. And, and so like a lot of it's kind of coming from a place of like, this is all I know kind of thing, you know, but yeah. like for you, there was a lot of self, a lot of not self discovery, just discovery of these yeah. principles along the way. And you talking about that on your podcast and sharing your experiences through that journey Ah, but like I find myself just grinning, you know, like I find myself just like so enthralled and, and just like because because one of the things I'm trying to do is like share these principles. Right. And a lot of people just aren't really interested in them. A lot of people just don't care. They're just this isn't for them. And so to hear someone kind of on their own going through that journey and kind of like learning some of this stuff and, and, and realizing that some of it works and and how it's applying to your own life. It's been such a treat for me. So that's, it's been my favorite part of the podcast for you, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very, that's very generous. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a wild journey. I, it's, it's a journey that I've been on that I did not, I didn't create the podcast to do that. Right. Like I didn't anticipate. Right. You didn't ex well, that's what makes it so cool. Right. It's like, it's just it's right. like a result of the, the process. Right. Yeah. Just very, very serendipitous uh, for me, but, but it's been, it's been great. And I mean, I, I just had a, a post recently, which by the time this episode comes out, that won't be true anymore, but whatever. <laughs> I made a post on social media recently, just about how I, I was asked what my favorite episode of the walk show is. I saw now that. I can say for sure that, you know, if I, if I had to pick one, it's the one that I did with my sister about our, our dad, right? Like that's the for most sure. special meaningful one to me. Cause it's, it's personal and it's my sister. And it's her dad, yeah. Right. But outside of that, outside of that deeply personal connection, I can't pick another one because all of them are, it's crazy the stuff that people say. I mean, I had a guy come on my show that I went to high school with, haven't talked to him since then. And he worked as like a, he worked for a long time as like a city planner and then transitioned into a consulting business. I had no idea that local government could be interesting. That dude had some fascinating stuff to say, you know what I mean? Um, Anyway, I don't mean to go yeah. on and on. Well, a on lot of our best show. guests are the ones that we know. Like a lot of my best guests have been guys. I was I come to find out I went to high school with some really fascinating individuals. I had no <laughs> right. idea until I started a podcast. No clue. I thought there was just a bunch of losers working at gas stations, you know, like <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but, man. Yeah, but come to find out I mean I've had some really there's this one guy, Corey uh Lockman. Uh it was uh, he was an okay guy in high school, but now he's gone on to like start this wilderness wildlife refuge thing in Africa, and like they're wow. they're saving the rhinos. And and I okay, so then I'm thinking, okay, well he's just like you know the, you see the commercial on TV, you know, send your twenty bucks or whatever, blah blah blah. That's what you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking he's out there like you know putting up some fence, maybe tagging a dart here or there, whatever <laughs> you know, whatever. But come to find out, they're using like this crazy technology that like grandmas in Iowa are like watching out for poachers and like saving rhinos lives, like everything that went into it, it turned out to be a crazy fascinating interview and never had a clue, man. Just right. some, some dude I went to high school with. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah, no, it, it's wild how many people are just absolutely fascinating that have zero celebrity, right? So you, you just don't know about them otherwise. Um, 
the theme of the show. That's my show. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how I roll, man. That's, that's it's been a beautiful thing. mentioned it very very briefly a minute ago but you so you are a distance runner is that is that right you run do you do you marathons or where are you at in that space (laughs) i've i've been in i've enjoyed running for many years and so um yeah i've done quite a few marathons over the years um over the past decade i got into triathlon pretty heavily so that's swimming biking and running um yeah the long distance for that is called iron man that's 140 miles um yeah. and swim bike and run that's 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 kind of one of my little claim to fames i haven't done that for a year or two i took some time off once the podcast got rolling because training for that is kind of like a part-time job so you have to right. kind of treat it like that um so over the past recent years i've been doing a lot more of the trail running which i've always enjoyed and i've got into a little bit more of the ultra running so that's yeah. typically on trails and that can be anywhere from ultra as anything marathon and up Right. So I've done a few 50Ks, a few 50-milers. Um, I've got 100 on the radar. Uh, that kind of got derailed with COVID and all that. Um, right. At some point, that's going to have to go up on the calendar. Um, yeah. la- one of the cooler things I did was last year, there's a, one of the oldest inline skating races in the country. It's called A to A. And it, uh, it goes from Athens, Georgia to downtown Atlanta, Georgia. And okay. it's uh, 88 miles on rollerblades, wow. on inline skates. And I did that last year, so that was a that was a real big accomplishment for me. Um, and that was kind of the, like my last kind of claim to fame of anything endurance based that I've done lately. But yeah, I do enjoy endurance racing and glutton for punishment, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's so. Do you know who David Goggins is? Oh yeah, sure. So I I, I read his book a few weeks ago or months ago, whatever. Um, and yeah, he talks a lot about that stuff and. Yeah, he's a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> he's great. He's very inspirational to a lot of people. Um, but what he does is pretty dangerous. He's very oh, negligent yeah. with his body. I mean, he treats his body like a a pain cave, and and he he hurts it. He <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's something to be said about you know, like seeing how you can push yourself. And I do love that. Um, but he's also done some damage too at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. I there's zero. I mean, I, I understand the the lessons intellectually that he's talking about and, and, and you've taken some of that. And I mean, I, you know, since I started, because li- I actually didn't read his book. I listened to the audiobook version. Um, but I was walking between one and three miles a day. And then after listening to his book, which I listened to while I was walking, I walk usually about six miles a day now. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I certainly... He has that effect, right? He does, where it's like, well, you can go farther. But at the same time, you're absolutely right. That dude's insane, and I'm not doing... 
I'm not doing what he did yeah. and I'm not inspired or motivated to do <laughs> what he did. Cause that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like what he's doing is breaking his body. Like, but he's inspiring you to push further than you think. And you're not going to come anywhere close to breaking your body the way that he is doing it. Right. So it's like, and to his uh, credit, he does say over and over, I'm not telling you you're supposed to recreate what I've done. I'm just telling you, you're probably not uh, you maximizing should, you your potential. Should. But I, I'll tell you another great book. Uh, Jesse Itzler wrote a book called living with a Marine. And he invited David Goggins into his home for three months. Yep. And David Goggins lived with him. And, and that, that's a great read. That's a very entertaining. Because Jesse's more like us. He's more of a – I mean, he's a runner for sure. But he's more of an everyday guy kind of deal. Yeah, um, yeah. So like having him deal with the, the craziness is pretty, there's it's like pretty a, good. There's like a 10 or 15-minute clip on YouTube of Jesse Itzler at, uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about the different – stuff that oh, talking him. about that book yeah cool awesome it's, i yeah. mean honestly it's it's weird but i actually find goggins funny and i know he's not doing comedy right, right. he's deadly serious but it is kind of funny right, right it's so over the top like it's i mean he has a chapter in his book called taking souls like what dude like it's so it's so extreme it's funny um, you brought him up because i was looking at tiktok today and oh, okay. there was a guy, a guy coming out there and he had his shirt off and he was doing his David Goggins impersonation and he was talking just like him and he was coming off. It was so funny. Oh, that's great. Uh, it was a riot. I'm sure yeah. David would have been pissed, but it was great. I yeah. enjoyed it. I definitely, if, if, if anyone has never heard that's listening has never heard of David Goggins, just go look him up. I'm not saying you have to read his book or like, as Nate said, certainly not that you should emulate his, his that lifestyle. lifestyle. Right. But, uh, he's a he's a he's a one-of-a-kind kind of character well um, and he shows you what's possible that's what yes. i like about him it's like you know he was a very overweight individual he was very heavy yeah. set and then he got strong lifting weights and got you know like the the v look going yeah. but then he took it into endurance sports and 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 showed how far you can push your body beyond what you think you can and, right. and that's and talking about the marathon and, and, and this endurance theme. Um, one of the challenges I have on my website is how to run a marathon, and and to mm. go through the process of what it takes to run a marathon. I don't think everybody should be a runner. I'm not saying go do that, but go put in the training and go prove to yourself that you're capable of running 26 miles or walking 26 miles, whatever. Like just right. getting through that process, because what happens is through that training and then through race day when you hit that quote unquote the wall um you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about your mental toughness and what you're capable of and when you come through the other side of that you're a stronger individual not just physically but mentally and that makes it you so much that prepares you so much more for challenges in life whether they be business or relationships or whatever they may be. When you know that you've gone through something hard like that, it applies to real life. Like you would not believe like right. I, like I have a mental toughness that I know that I can put up with whatever anybody's going to come at me with because of what I've done out there on the race course. Right. And it just right. gives you that, that extra gear kind of thing. So is that something you've been into like since, since you were a kid or is that something you developed as an adulthood or? Not really. No, I was, um, as a, so my full disclosure, if you, if, if you think highly of me in the slightest bit, 
I encourage you to learn more about my parents because <laughs> they run circles around me. They're both in their 70s and they're still actively involved. My mom just went through knee replacement so she could continue to compete in triathlons at the age of 75. So, wow. Yeah. So, my parents are far away my heroes. Now, yeah. that being said, growing up, they were into the marathons and got into triathlons as that sport uh, became popular. Um, but being the rebellious teenager that I was, and the contrarian that I continue to be, um, I went the opposite way. When mm. it came time for sports and everything else like that, I said, to heck with all that. I was much more into girls and partying and hanging out and living a completely opposite lifestyle. So um, I did that for a number of years. And it wasn't until later on in life that I realized the benefit of that kind of behavior and, right. and felt the desire to have it in my own life that I kind of incorporate and it was a again like i say those small steps it wasn't like i just one day decided hey i'm gonna go run a marathon it was something that i gradually started to do over a slow period of time and you know generally gradually over the years developed a habit of regular exercise right right the, the podcast is the extraordinary podcast instead of asking you what's your your favorite guest or what's the most meaningful if someone has not listened to the show before What's what's an episode that you would suggest that that people start with? I guess it kind of depends. So I do have some episodes that are based in, like I said, the three habits in 30 minutes. If you're looking for to incorporate a morning routine, that's a great place. If you want to learn more about the A keys to great, um, there's good content there. Uh, but to me, that stuff's kind of boring to me. The interviews and, and learning about the individuals are um I think more entertaining at least anyway, for that, for that matter. So uh, each one of my episodes is very much based on some type of a theme or a concept. So uh, it would depend on what kind of thing you're needing right now. Like for example, if you were going through the death of a loved one, I have mm. an episode with um, a good friend of mine, Jason Mueller, who lost his son wow. uh, was murdered uh, by his best friend. And so we spent an episode talking about grief and the grief process and how to process that. And that was called filling the chair with Jason Mueller. So like if you were dealing with something like that, that would be a great episode to go to. One of the episodes that I'm still surprised has not gotten, has not been as popular is I did an episode with speech from arrested development, the old nineties mm. hip hop group. They won a couple of Grammys. Um, you know, he has a big following still to this day. And I was really prepared for that interview because of him being the quote unquote celebrity uh, and one of the only really because I don't go after celebrities or, or that kind of uh, individual. But because of who he is as a person, I really wanted to talk to him and the relationship that I had with another guy in his band as well. Um, the, the opportunity presented itself. So I worked my tail off on that interview, did a lot of prep work, and I felt like the interview went amazing. I mean, he really enjoyed it. I mean, he wasn't ready for the interview to be over, and they were like telling me, oh, you got to go to your next thing or whatever, and he wanted to stay. So I, I took that as a real positive note. But then at about that time, my the whole podcast just hit a real dip. You know, like we all kind of had those dips where things kind of go flat, and that happened right with his episode. And I was really like – Ah, that I, I thought, man, that was the one that was going to you know put me out there. Everybody's going to see me. I hear some of this Grammy winner, blah blah blah, and and it really ran flat. So, um, that's an episode I would love for more people to see, just because I think it turned or listened to because I think it was a really great episode. But um, as far as like trying to pick a favorite, oh, there's just no way. Uh, it's like trying to pick a favorite kid, right? Like you just each one 
I mean, there's there's been some that haven't been super entertaining or super engrossing, um, but there's been a lot that that really have. Uh, Doctor Kim Manwaring, that was another one. Uh, he was um, he's That's a, a fun name at least, <laughs> and, and he's a pediatric neurosurgeon. Oh wow! And he's invented like twenty different devices and things. He's an inventor at heart, so he's just this fascinating, brilliant man. Um, his, his episode caught fire. Now we got a little bit emotional, actually he and I both kind of teared up in that episode and that was the first time that had ever happened. But, um, that episode was very well received and you want to hear somebody brilliant speak. Um, he's probably the smartest guy I've had on the podcast at this point. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's, (laughs) I would be intimidated to talk to that dude. I think I will. Yeah. But he was, he actually had a relationship with my father, which is the only way I even got the interview. And yeah, I was very intimidated going into that one for sure. I was more intimidated going into that one than I was with speech. The guy who had won the Grammys. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can, I can see that totally. I had a guy on my show here recently, uh, Scott Johnson, his podcast is all about bringing people on that have really crazy stories. So like someone who survives a plane crash or someone who survives a shark attack or I, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Right. Wow. But so he doesn't talk to people who like, I can't be on his show cause I don't have a story that's that crazy. Right. Well, so then like, as we're talking and he's explaining the process of kind of how he, you know, picks what stories he's going to tell and, and all this stuff. And like, I started becoming self-conscious of my own stories that I was trying to like spice into the conversation because it's like, well, my stories are all terrible. Like you're like the ultimate story guy. Like you only hear the very best stories. Like me telling you about the time when my feelings got hurt or something, who gives a shit? Like his stories are way cooler. So it's, it's interesting sometimes how the guest can, uh, can throw you for a loop a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but at the same time though, I mean, well, I will say to that point, having experiences, like I always, that's what's been, again, talking about your journey, like your experience of traveling to Colorado and sharing all that, like so having those experiences gives you cool stories to tell, you know, right. so like, I always encourage you to like, go have that experience because you'll have a cool story to tell you. Let me tell you something. You go run a marathon. You're going to have a story to tell. <laughs> I can promise you, you're going to probably have more than one. I, yeah. I'll guarantee you, if I run a marathon, every, there's definitely a story to tell there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but uh, uh, to the opposite of that or to the converse of that, again, with my tagline, with ordinary people living extraordinary lives, I think that whether you don't have to have had some revolutionary transformative experience to have a good story. And right. I think everyone has something to share. Everyone has a story that they can provide some benefit to somebody else that's listening. And so wow. again, that's kind of where my, where I go with that podcast, with my podcast. That's why I'm very almost never will I turn someone down for an interview because right. I always know that there's a nugget in there somewhere. Right. You, know, you may think your life is boring. You may not think if you've done a lot, but I can tell you like for you personally, this podcast journey has been, you're, you're inspiring some folks. And, and you're planting yeah. some seeds with people that are going to be stepping outside their comfort zone that never would have done that if they hadn't heard of you and what you're doing. So you may think your story's boring, but at the end of the day, it's somebody's listening and somebody's <laughs> being inspired by it. Well, thank you, man. That's, it's very generous uh, of you to say, um, well, Nate, I, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Uh, I, I think that it, it's, it's crazy how sometimes 
you know, because we haven't known, we don't really know each other that well. I mean, we kind of do now because we've recorded together a few times and emailed and stuff, but it's not like we had some longstanding relationship, you know, ahead of that. It's just crazy sometimes how you just click with people. Um, and it's just, it's a, a real pleasure talking with you, man. Is there, is there anything else that you wanted to cover that you wanted to get into that we didn't get into today? Oh, no, I think you did a brilliant job. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the, um, the eight keys to great. And, you know, anybody that wants to learn more about those, I encourage you to check out the website. Um, but no, above and beyond that, uh, the only thing I like at the end of my episodes, I always give everybody a chance to plug a charity. And um, yes. I love the fact that you plugged your charity at the beginning of your episode. So to end on this episode, on that note, uh, the charity that I have supported for a long time. And it's a great episode. If you want to hear about a guy, Jason Winters created this organization called hope through soap. And, um, real briefly, Jason was a tool bag in, in high school, man. <laughs> he was the biggest douche. He was, he was that stereotypical jerk in high school that everybody knew, you know, that, that, kind of, that had the fancy the car. Yeah. Well, he had the fancy car. He wasn't, he didn't beat anybody up cause he wasn't a really big dude or anything like that, but he was just a, he was just a douchebag, you know, just yeah. had just pampered and, and catered to and treated everybody like crap, just a general jerk, you know, and, and I lost touch with them. I didn't care to know anything about him, quite frankly, for years after high school and about 15 or 20 years later. I reconnected this guy and he had gone on to become like a used car salesman doing that whole living life <laughs> in the fast lane, driving fancy cars and um, all this, that and the other. And, and at some point along the line started figuring some of these things out like you and I are doing. And he came up and he started talking to some homeless folks. There was one homeless kid in particular that really uh kid was strung out on, uh, on a uh, heroin. And I think oh. he ended up dying, but this kid just somehow struck a chord with Jason. And over the next few years, he created this organization called hope through soap. And what he did was he basically wanted to give showers to homeless people in the downtown Atlanta area. And that has now transformed over the last four to five years into this whole organization that's doing so much good for the city. Every single dime that goes that they get goes into feeding and clothing and giving haircuts and showers to homeless people in and around Atlanta. And um, he just does amazing work. And I've got to help out and volunteer with him and, um, and spend some time with them and, and see the impact that they're doing. And so huge fan. They've got a great social media following. They're on Facebook in particular. Um, I encourage anyone to check them out. And if you want to check me out, the only way that I would say to do that is just wherever you're listening to this podcast, listen to the Exploring podcast. Subscribe to us as well. And um, you'll find everything you need to know from us from there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, Nate, I, I, I really appreciate you coming by. Again, the, the podcast is the Extraordinary Podcast. Uh, the website is 8keystogreat, um, and we'll have and, – and those, those are the number eight, number two. Um, I'll have links in the show notes, though, for everyone to click on, and I'll also make sure to have a link for, for Hope Through Soap because uh, that's a really cool cause. Uh, well, Nate Garrison, again, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me, Walker. I can't face 
stuck in the red rain And there's a tremble in my hand Next step crooked and unknown Yeah. 
All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you again to Nate Garrison for stopping by. Of course, thanks again to Misha for providing the music. And last but not least, thank you, listener, for listening to the episode. I also invite you to check out my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley. Pick Up Your Sticks is a video game podcast about why gaming matters. So we have long-form conversations about current events, news reviews, and also just the emotional connection we have to gaming. Pick Up Your Sticks is available anywhere podcasts are found. Again, thank you so much for listening this week. Have a great week. Stay up. Stay up.